Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, red bull pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Welcome to Women Winning Divorce. I am your host, Heather Quick. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, and founder of Florida Women's Law Group, the only divorce firm for women by women. I love thinking big, thinking outside the box, creating creative solutions for women and empowering women to win in all aspects of their life. In each episode of this show, I will discuss how to navigate the divorce process, come out stronger and empowered on the other side. Welcome to Women Winning Divorce. Each week we discuss issues including divorce, custody, alimony, paternity, narcissism, mediation, and other family law issues to provide insight on the journey of women winning divorce. I'm Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Today, I'm being joined by Julie Roundtree. She works here at Florida Women's Law Group as an of-counsel attorney. In addition to being a family law attorney, she's also a certified divorce coach. So don't worry, we will get into more of that for sure because she's an expert at assisting clients through the emotional part of divorce, encouraging them to become more involved in their own cases and thrive in their post-divorce transition. So Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Now, uh, for our guests, please tell us a little bit about why you do family law and what you do now. All right. Well, for me, choosing the practice of family law was pretty easy. Um, I knew that I wanted to work with real people that uh, that are facing real issues. Um, I always try to find a creative resolution for them. I love to help and support people that are going through probably one of the most traumatic times in their lives and love to work together with them, get them through it and, and help them thrive really after their divorce is is final so you can't really find that aspect in a whole lot of areas of law so it was definitely family law for me and i've been practicing for several years and um it is definitely not for the faint of heart for sure but uh i absolutely love what i do it's very fulfilling and it's certainly a purposeful meaningful career well and just for our listeners so julie i i can't even remember how many years ago you joined the firm worked together for several years, and then you transitioned out for a bit of time for more time with your family. And I have been asking you probably almost every year since then if you would come back. So this year, we were finally able to get you back a little bit to help us with, you know, clients trying to figure out the process and, and helping us, you know, with those initial client meetings. But um, I really would like for you to tell us a little bit about the divorce coaching aspect, like what is that? Yeah, so this is something pretty new in our area and it is so amazing and such a great resource um, for our clients. So when I was practicing family law a long time ago, I, I started to feel like there was this need to help our clients with the emotional part of it. So as an attorney, you know, we're trained to to handle the legal side, but many of our clients uh, really needed help 
with just being overwhelmed by the litigation. Um, you know, our clients find themselves very anxious, emotional, they are very confused, they are unfocused, uh, maybe even a little intimidated, you know, whether that's uh, from their spouse or maybe opposing counsel if, if the litigation is very high conflict um, and, and super overwhelming for them. So, um, you know, I, I found that clients were really needing our help and sometimes it wasn't a legal issue. So I asked myself, how can I help our clients really get through this divorce and, and help them with these sort of emotional issues or issues that are not legal issues? So I became certified as a divorce coach. And, and so now I do focus my the part of my practice um, helping these clients with that emotional uh, part of the case and, and helping them get through the divorce. Now, tell us a little bit, because this is, I mean, we both know there's been, it's been around for a while, maybe not necessarily in our area here in Florida, but like I've heard about it over the years, but never really a huge presence. But tell us a little bit the difference between divorce coaching or, you know, and we've talked about it on this show many times, going to a therapist, like, because they're not the same, but they're both valuable. So if you can help the listeners understand a little bit about the difference. Sure. I, I get asked that question all the time. So the best way I describe it is therapy is really looking at an event that happened in the client's past. And the therapist will look at that event and see how it affects the client present day. Um, also, there is typically a treatment plan that sort of stays the same throughout the sessions. And, and it's not often that the therapist would stray from that treatment plan. It serves as their guide throughout the, the client session. So for coaching, it's a little different. Um, for coaching, and in my case, divorce coaching, we focus on that present day event that's happening, more specifically the divorce. And we look at the client's goals. It's very goal-oriented. Um, and, and see where the client wants to be in the future. Where does the client want to go? What does the outcome look like? And how can we get them there? So instead of a treatment plan, we provide the client with a roadmap to get where they want to be. And it changes. So it does not stay the same as in therapy. It changes all the time because our client's goals might change. So as a coach, we listen to what the client needs, what the client's goals are, and the roadmap does shift. But at the end of the day, we get them where they want to be. Well, I um, I know that is so helpful because we try to stay very, you know, outcome oriented, goal oriented throughout the process of divorce, just to keep, you know, your eye on something, right? Like, hey, that is where we're headed. Um, and I know it's tricky and it's difficult. So it's so nice that you play that part um, in so many and I know you you coach for men and women, uh, although we only represent women here, but like just, you know, that's an important role for them. So thank you for defining that a little bit more for us, for sure. No worries. So today we are talking about not only how to have the divorce conversation with your spouse, but also it's like really coming to that decision and then preparing for divorce. And Julie, you and I both know that so many factors come into play when a woman is making a decision to get a divorce. And one of my questions that I ask women is, 
like where do you want to be a year from now to for them to maybe begin to picture themselves in the future um but you've been in that conversation with so many women as well and you know what are some ways you help them break down that decision process when i first started coaching i i anticipated most of my clients would be in the middle of litigation just overwhelmed by it that was sort of my ideal client so i was very surprised when many women came to me just considering divorce so they hadn't had a conversation with anyone, friends, family, and certainly not their spouse. And they were just considering it. And they're very scared. Uh, there's a lot of fear there. And it's the fear of the unknown and, and what's going to happen once I make this decision. What's going to happen legally? What's going to happen in my life socially? Um, what's going to happen to my family? Am I going to be okay? And so it is absolutely, uh, all cases are different. And so it's it's hard to pinpoint, but yes, many, many women do need to hear that um, they deserve to be happy. And, and that is one thing we talk about when we sort of break down how do we how do we start this divorce? How do we make this decision? Um, another thing is is finances, right? That fear comes from finances. Many of our clients are have been a stay-at-home parent and have really sacrificed their own careers. They either haven't worked in such a long time because it's been a long-term marriage or, um, or they've never worked and they're you know, not exactly employable right now. Maybe they need some interview skills or need to catch up with the rest of their peers and, and, and they're just not in a situation where they can hop right back into the workplace. And so we discuss finances a lot. We discuss budget. Um, let's get a good grasp on the financial picture and see what you need. Um, are you going back to work? If you are, are you going to go back to your, your prior career? Or, hey, is this a time that maybe we dive into something new? Um, what does your salary need to be? Many, many clients come to us not even knowing their monthly expenses and really feeling guilty about not knowing the financial picture and, and, and not knowing anything. So I, it's, um, I see that a lot and I agree with you. I think there is a shame about that a bit because, you know, they're adult women and there sometimes is that like, I just don't know. That creates a lot of fear in and of itself, doesn't it? Absolutely. There's fear. There's again, like you said, that guilt, that shame. And, you know, we talk about, hey, you have trusted this individual to handle this. And now there's a speed bump. We're going to get caught up. We're, we're going to understand the true financial picture. And, and them knowing that information really gives them the confidence to start the decision making process and to really say, okay, I feel better about knowing the financial picture and now I'm ready to move forward. Um, so, so we deal with that a lot. There is certainly a lot that goes into the decision making process even when divorce has been on the table for several years. And I think something that, you know, we'll have conversations with women who are, I mean, they're here. Usually by the time they get to the point of meeting with a divorce attorney and or divorce coach, in their heart, they know. But there's still a lot of logistics and a lot of minor things that need to be decided. And they have concerns. I think children 
generally are a big concern and they have concerns no matter what the ages of the children are, right? Because they have specific concerns basically at, at every age of the children, even adult children. And they, um, they have a lot of questions about that. Absolutely. Um, I see having children being a huge concern and um, having that conversation with, uh, with young children is also an issue. Um, how do I tell my children that we are divorcing? Um, that is fear, you know, they're fearful of that, just that part of it. And then, and then of course, like I said, are my, are my kids going to be okay? Are my children going to be all right? Then we have other issues where there are special needs children in the family. And that just creates a whole other scenario and, and more stress and more emotion for the client as well. Um, like you said, at any age, at any stage, there's always a concern about how the children will be when the parents are no longer living in the same household and the marriage is no longer intact. I, right. And I, you know, some of the things that, you know, when I'm having that conversation with women and, and a lot of times, you know, that's a, that's a good reason in their mind at the time or a good talking point anyway, to say, well, I'm not leaving for the kids. However, I generally ask them, well, what are you teaching your children about marriage by what you're modeling? And that's just your, that's just a good question for them to ponder because we can't make this decision for them. But it isn't, I think that's a fair question for them to ask themselves and really look at what are we teaching them? You know, that it's, this is, this is marriage because that's how we learn in your family of origin, how you grew up. That's what you learn as far as what a marriage is and how each party should, you know, act and treat one another. Sure. I think it's absolutely a fair question to ask, um, especially when, like you said, the modeling of it all. And, and a question I also ask is if you're, you know, if your daughter was going through the same situation, what advice would you have for her? Would you want her to stay in a marriage and be unhappy um, and, and endure things that, you know, a loving marriage shouldn't be about? And, and what would you tell your daughter? And it certainly gives them a, a different aspect and, and a way of thinking about it as well. I think it helps because it can provide a little bit of objectivity to the actual situation, because when you're in it, it can be so hard to really see and evaluate things clear. Whereas when we're on the outside looking in, it usually looks pretty clear, obviously for us as attorneys, but even their friends and family, you know, it, it's amazing how easy people can say, no, this is not a good situation for you. But I, um, you know, I think that women are generally really, they, they kind of, I would say list everything that concerns them and actually their, their self is usually, um, I would say, as far as, well, I'm doing this for me, but it's really after they've kind of broken it down for everyone else as well. That is certainly fair. I noticed that in a lot of our clients um, and, and that not just goes for the divorce decision-making process, but everything, um, mental health, self-care, uh, all of that is always last uh, for our clients. So, and that's part of our sessions too in coaching to remind them that that is of utmost importance and they need to put themselves higher on the list for sure. 
I agree. We're going to talk more about this after the break, Julie. So we will be right back. And after the break, we're going to talk about, you know, even before hiring an attorney, you know, we talked a little bit about counseling, but counseling attorney, you know, what are the differences and what are some of the things that are useful about both? So we'll be back in a moment. Thank you for joining us again. And we are with Julie Browntree and a fellow attorney as well as a divorce coach. And we are talking about women making the decision for a divorce. And, you know, when they come to us and helping them decide and having that conversation and moving forward in the process. So what I wanted to ask you, Julie, and talk about was, you know, meeting with a counselor or an attorney first. Because, you know, I think we could easily go back and forth on this because I think both should happen at some point. And the order just depends on, on the person, I think. Um, you know, I think sometimes you meet with a counselor, they tell you to meet with an attorney. Sometimes it might be good. We're like, you need to talk to a counselor as well. So tell me a little bit about what, how do you look at that? What do you think? Well, I think that all divorces are so different. So like you said, this is definitely a case-by-case -case approach and um, it could certainly go either way. My initial thought is if there's any chance to save the marriage um, or restore this relationship, then definitely seek some type of counseling first. Even if it's not marriage counseling at first, um, maybe it's just a single session and, and then it evolves into a joint session or some type of marriage counseling. I would absolutely recommend that uh, maybe be your first visit or, or the first part of the team that you start with. Um, I, I tell clients all the time, I am not in the business of divorcing people. I want to make sure this marriage, uh, first of all, your safety is my concern and that your marriage can be saved. And if it cannot be saved, we are absolutely here for you as attorneys if you choose to go the litigation route. And, and initiate the divorce. But if there's any, any hope of resolving um, the issues prior to filing for divorce, I would suggest counseling would, would happen first in your case. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't disagree. I certainly, um, I'm not in the business of breaking marriages up, but I'm also not in the business of putting them back together, right? Uh, we guide them through the process but, you know, so often we both are, well, what would you do? Well, I, I can't really answer that for you unless, of course, it's a safety issue. But right. counseling, I don't see a downside, even if you're just going by yourself. Because if you're going to go, if you're going to stay in the marriage, you probably should get some help dealing with the issues that, you know, are causing you Agreed. to be unhappy. Or if you do go through the process, it'll help you strengthen your own, um, you know, ability to cope with it. So I, I think it's counseling serves a great purpose, certainly when you are, you know, considering the divorce. Um, but I also think with the attorney, it does help women get clarity on their issues, right? Because they want to see an attorney because they really don't know, hey, what does divorce look like? I don't know anybody that's been divorced. I've never been divorced. I don't, I don't know what I'm even looking at. And I think that is the best way to meet with an attorney rather than, I mean, you can get information on the internet. You know, we certainly have a ton of information on our website. However, everybody's situation is unique. And so you need to yeah. understand that, I think. 
Absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree with that. And um, and like I had said earlier, the more they know about the divorce process, if you at least go to initial consultation with an attorney, um, you're going to find out more about the process. And the more they know, the more they feel confident about moving forward. And really what's huge for all clients is having that reasonable expectation of the legal system and how things are going to work. And when they when they know that, they know that information, the confidence goes up and it's just amazing. They really feel more involved in their cases. They feel a part of the whole divorce process. Um, they feel more a part of the negotiating process as we move forward, you know, maybe for looking into uh, mediation and all of that. And they really feel like they played a role in it and were involved in it and were really educated on it. So I love to make sure that the client, again, has that reasonable expectation of the legal system. And that's where your first visit to an attorney's office is, is going to arm you with that knowledge for sure. Absolutely. And I think it also, because if you end up on that path, which we're going to talk about next, now what, you know, you've gone and hired an attorney, but you, there's a level of trust that is so important. And when you hire an attorney, because you need to feel comfortable with that team, with their process, with their point of view, because even our office, we're not for everybody. You know, some women have thought I was too tough and they wanted somebody who was going to um, be softer, you know, and, or, you know, it just depends on their perception, but regardless You've got to be comfortable. And if that's the way they think, then this is not the right firm for them, right? And if they would rather work with, you know, just one person, right? That they have their cell phone. And I know I can just call this attorney whenever. I don't have to, you know, deal with a paralegal or whatever. I think whatever that is, is so important for um, an individual to meet with the attorney and really assess and say, hey, is this the team, the person that I want to work with? as I begin this journey. Absolutely fair. I think it is so important to have that chemistry with your attorney. And like you said, that trust, that relationship is so important. I think the most important really is that the attorney is listening to the client's needs, wants, what are the client's goals. Um, that is so important. I know sometimes as attorneys, we we know the procedure, we know what needs to happen next. Um, you know, we've certainly done this before and we have that considerable experience that we know exactly uh, what needs to happen in the roadmap. But in between there somewhere is, is our client's goals and what they really want as an outcome. And I think it's so important that the attorney listens to that and, and really does their best to make it happen for the client. Agreed, agreed, 100%. And and even if, you know, and I do, you know, we always hear ask, what do you want? Um, because you know what, if it is not likely to happen or potential, but like there's a lot of things that would have to fall in line. I need, I think, you know, the client should be free to say, well, this is what I want. So you can explain under the law, this, this is what would have to happen for that or okay, that might be possible or it's probably not, you know, it's, or it's going to be an uphill battle, but so we got to start, you know, working in that direction. But I think it's really important that they are asked what they want, what they envision, because as the attorneys, we need to know where our client is starting. 
and, 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 and really what they perceive, because many times this is really their first encounter with a lawyer in the legal system. Yes, I hear that all the time during consultations. This is my first time ever speaking to an attorney. So we definitely, as attorneys, have to be reminded that this is a traumatic event. And it is really, um, again, usually the client's or potential client's first time even walking into an attorney's office. So um, so that's huge that you mentioned that. And, and like you were saying before, I just wanted to comment on you know, saying on the legal side, all the things that need to fall in place for for what the client wants, the outcome to happen. You know, even if we're not delivering great news or maybe this is a long shot, at least we're educating the client on the likelihood of mm -hmm. what they're looking for actually happening. Um, and, and just having that knowledge, again, gives them that confidence because at least they understand what the likelihood is, or maybe something we've had a similar case before this particular judge, and this is what was awarded. And so it's a possibility. Uh, we've done it before. And we can just, again, give them that knowledge, give them that information, and, and they, feel, uh, they feel more confident knowing that. I agree because many times, and you know, because we've known each other a long time, I'm like, well, maybe, but a lot of things have to fall in place. And then that allows the client maybe to be more open about, well, this happened and this happened. And there, there's really a lot more going on here. So it's like, well, you know, we only know if we bring it before a judge and we have some other experts and we have evidence that really supports your claim or your, you know, I usually see it a lot as it relates, relates to time sharing, which most people, you know, consider custody and I've had many conversations over the years with not only clients, but sometimes their family, their you know, parents who really are like, no, he, we don't want him involved at all. It's like, well, I understand that. I mean, because usually we do, we understand their feelings. However, the law is probably not going to support that. And our job and anyone, you know, anyone going to see an attorney, you, you need to be told the truth as far as, hey, you may not want to hear this, but like, this is the law and this is what we're looking at. So now that you understand that, let's work through to find some outcomes that will work for you, right? Very true. I know delivering that news that the law isn't in the client's favor is never an easy conversation, but that is our job just to give our best legal advice. And like you said, now that we know the likelihood of it, let's be creative. How can we resolve this? So you have a favorable outcome. Maybe there's a little give and take, but you know, let's be reasonable and, and let's get the favorable outcome you're looking for. And, um, and, and we'll do our best to get you there. Absolutely. So Julie, okay. Because I don't know if we agree on this or not. So this will be a good topic. You know, you hire the attorney, you know, okay. The client knows they decide they want to Now, how do we advise them? Okay. Should I go tell my husband? You know, I just retained you. You know, I, I think that that's, you know, I, I owe it to him to tell him. So why don't you, that's what the client says to you. What What's your perception? Okay, well, I know I've already said it, but every case is so <laughs> different. So this would definitely be a case by case uh, for me. Um, I do have clients that feel the need to say, you know, I, I want to go explain to him that I've hired you and I'm moving forward. And while that is not workable in every case, um, I would say there may be some cases where that is acceptable 
especially like we have mentioned before, divorce has been on the table um, for a while. They Both parties maybe have discussed it. Um, maybe there have been several separations in the marriage. This is not going to be a huge surprise to spouse. If there are no safety concerns, um, and maybe this is a topic that has been discussed before, I would be okay with the client saying, hey, I spoke to an attorney. Uh, I hired her. She's very reasonable. She is hoping for an amicable resolution for the both of us. And we're going to send a proposal to you. We think it's fair. We think it's reasonable. We encourage you to um, have it reviewed by attorney of, of your choice. And if you have any problems, you can call my attorney. Your attorney can call my attorney. And, and we're going to settle it like this. So, uh, you know, that could be uh, a way that it goes down that, that I would be okay with. And um, I think that does happen. Like, I mean, we yeah. both know that there are a lot of situations where it does, but then there are a lot where those facts don't, aren't there. Right. And, you know, I think my biggest, you know, you always, always safety as we discussed, but um, you need to be financially in control. If, if you're going to have that conversation, right? Because they want to be fair and have that conversation and the husband cuts off credit cards and moves money and all of a sudden they come in and say, oh, you were right. Like, I don't have a dime. How am I supposed to put gas in the car? Yes, and this is the start of those high conflict cases where, um, where yes, that that would not be a good idea to make that announcement to your spouse or even friends and family. Um, and again, that's all about being prepared prior to filing and making sure that you and your attorney have a strategy, have a plan, um, making sure that the finances, uh, you know, there's no way that you can be cut off from finances. Of course, if it happens, which we have seen it happen and we've had that experience and, and we know exactly what to do um, to reinstate everything and to bring that to the court's attention. But again, um, that's that's definitely a byproduct of you know a spouse not receiving that information very well, and it does mm -hmm. happen. So just being prepared financially is huge here. If you think that this might happen once your spouse uh, is served with paperwork um, and, and knows that the divorce has been initiated, and when you know we have conversations with women. We're going to ask them that. We don't know their husband, right? Like, so you know. Now, so many times they've told us enough where, where our instincts are, I don't know that I'd have that conversation. You've told me enough things that I think this might likely happen. But, um, you know, you are even, sometimes even though you guys have fought, you've talked divorce, but you've never done it before. And, and it's the fact that you have actually done it that, can very often, you know, really take, you know, men by surprise and it's, you know, it hits to their ego and they're just not ready for it. So they may lash out and they may do things even uncharacteristically to them as far as, you know, go empty the bank account. I mean, okay, it happens, right? It's just because it's a reactive reaction to this. Um, sure. But also, I think the kids, when you have children, um, that's one of the things. Definitely discuss with your attorney and, and, and have a plan. Like you said, you can't control everything, but you can at least maybe begin to decide when this information is going to be shared. 
well said. Absolutely need to have a plan. Having that plan, that strategy with your attorney, and really, even if it takes weeks to get caught up on the finances, you know, we we often advise our clients to make sure they have a really good picture of everything because sometimes, yes, during these high conflict cases, um, mail has a way of, uh, you know, walking away and going missing um, items, personal items, personal property. Um, so really having a good all-around picture of what's happening prior to filing. And we don't have a crystal ball, right? We don't know how the spouse is going to react but we can at least be prepared somewhat um, and, and have all of our ducks in a row prior to, to having him serve with that petition. Yes, absolutely. And we've at least done this hundreds of times, so it's worth having that plan with your attorney. So next, we're gonna take a, a quick break, but then we're just gonna continue the conversation and talking about, okay, what's next? What should women expect now that they've decided to get a divorce and the process gets going? So we will be back in a moment. Thank you so much for coming back to listen. We are still continuing the conversation with Julie Roundtree, divorce attorney as well as divorce coach. And we are talking about when women make the decision to get a divorce and then what happens next? You, you know, you're thinking about the decision, you make the decision, and now we're talking about you hired the attorney and what's gonna happen now? Because a lot happens and a lot happens in the beginning that's different as it, as it moves on, right? Right, Julie? Like, I mean, the initial can be quite overwhelming because you talked about that with some of your coaching clients. It can be overwhelming at the beginning of the process. Yes, um, this is this is where it all begins. And um, I do find that clients have different reactions once it's all started. So, um, you know, many, many women feel very empowered that after many years in an unhappy marriage, they have finally decided um, and maybe that decision wasn't easy, but they have finally decided to move forward and understand that they deserve to be happy. And um, and so it can be a very empowering moment for them to know that they finally initiated the process. But like you said, it can also be a very overwhelming and stressful, um, a, a stressful event for them as well. Um, I have many clients, I would say the, the first issues that come are really having that conversation if children are involved, um, having the conversation with the children that the parties are divorcing. So. Um, whether I'm wearing my attorney hat or coaching hat, that's definitely something that we talk about. Um, the communication is super important, whether it's with your spouse um, or an uncooperative spouse, I should say, that happens too. Um, deciding how co-parenting is going to go um, while the case is pending and, um, and, and roles may change while the case is pending. And, uh, you, know, you know, many things, many things. Are, are going to be different. And, um, and just really giving the client those expectations of how to handle the things that might be coming down the pipes really helps. But the first thing is, is really having that conversation with the children and how to do it and, um, and, and dealing with the uncooperative spouse, if, if that happens to be the situation, is, is really the first part that gets a little overwhelming for our clients. 
I agree. And then I do think also like that one is the over is can be absolutely a lot just emotionally and then trying to control that and and everyone wants it to go in the best way possible. Right. So that that creates, you know, some stress as to wondering, you know, can I pull the can we pull this off in that way? But I also think that I know for our clients that once, you know, we are getting ready to get started, even maybe they haven't even told their spouse yet. They get a list is they get so much homework, right? But because they have to play an active part in the process in order for us to, any attorney, to truly advocate on their part and understand the entire financial picture. So I know, and what, you know, one of the things, so for women listening to this and thinking, oh, okay, well, the hard part's over. I made the decision I hired you. Now, now you do it. And it's like, well, we can. However, just some things we have to have the client's cooperation to the extent they have access to financial information. A little bit about what we talked about, I think, in the first step, just understanding that financial picture to the best of their ability, right? Like really understanding as much as they can. And I think that there are a lot of ways we can help our clients. I I try to encourage them, well, go to the bank where you bank. You know, I know now not all banks have a physical location anymore, but get copies of statements. Like our paralegals will help them go through to really piece together maybe what it costs them on a month to get by. Right. This is uh, this is huge. Absolutely. Uh, many clients that come to me on the coaching end who are very overwhelmed with litigation. It's usually around this discovery process. So in Florida, we do have a mandatory financial disclosure process that can absolutely be puzzling. And, um, and yes, we need the client involved. And that is huge because those are, um, those are things that aren't readily available to your attorneys. So uh, for the clients that sometimes find it so difficult, to focus. And that's where we, we try to get our clients focused on, um, you know, we break it down into a nice little list of what we need from you and what we will be, you know, hoping to receive from the other side without any issue. Um, so yes, they, uh, and, and again, going back to really preparing the client for once you file, these are going to be the next steps. So be prepared. And it really makes a difference when you have that client who is feeling super prepared and has done the homework prior to even to even filing the case. And they know exactly what's going to be required of them from the courts. Um, so it's not a surprise and, and can help us make it a very seamless disclosure to opposing counsel and to the court. And, um, and it really helps make the case a lot smoother. Uh, listen, anytime your case is, is running smoothly, you would be surprised how much that leads to uh, amicable resolutions or at least people doing a little bit more give and take during negotiation mm -hmm. and during mediation and really gives both sides the most favorable outcome possible. Which does help because, you know, I think divorce and um, lends itself to, you know, people who are um, uncooperative because they're angry and they're acting out of emotions. Sure. And then what happens is then we we really do um, 
I mean, I've seen it, you know, for, for so many years. Then that lends itself to more suspicion and conspiracy theories. And then the thought of, oh my gosh, you know, they must be hiding all this money. Because if you haven't been privy to a lot of information throughout the marriage, then when they're being difficult or what appears to not be forthcoming, and maybe they're just being lazy or they haven't been a good record keeper, regardless, they're supposed to do it. It, it does lend itself to, again, a lot more um, animosity, bad feelings. It makes it harder then as we get towards an area where, hey, well, we might be able to settle too much. So much has happened during the process. Right. And, and, and that can be difficult. You know, we've both dealt with that for years. I think one of the other things, though, that happens often, as we talked about earlier in the show, many times this is our client's really first encounter with an attorney. And, you know, and then they're just opening up your life, right? It's extremely vulnerable spot to be in, but they're excited. Like they made this decision, we're going. And um, their experience with the law is like the majority of the public with TV and movies, right? You know, in Law and Order, you know, we have a murder, an investigation and a full trial all in 60 minutes, in 60 minutes with commercial breaks, right? Like that's not reality, <laughs> but yet we, we get the entire thing. And so, and we have Amazon, you know, put add to cart, buy it now, deliver today. You know, our world is so instantaneous in many aspects that we haven't quite caught up in the legal field um, because there is a thing to take, there's just time. And, you know, they may have been like, you know, the analogy, you've been in a marriage for 10, bad marriage for 10 years. You wanted this done and you're here and you want it done yesterday. And it just, there are certain, you know, procedures that just take time. Absolutely. And this all goes back to that reasonable expectation of the legal system and educating the client on the a very typical timeline for their type of case. And, and when they know that and understand it, they may not like that news, but, but at least they have a, a grasp on it and it really affects the way that they are involved in the case. I think it's so important that they understand you know, how it works. And, um, and again, just being educated with that really changes the dynamic of the case and the client's expectations. It does. And, you know, it's one of those things that for us, and I do try to explain that six months, which seems so long, you know, I know. But we, for, for our clients, but we're like, oh my gosh, we can get this done in six months because, you know, 30 days, everybody has 30 days, it seems like to respond to things. And and then you just add that on, add that on, and then they're scheduling. And it just is a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint, even if the marathon is a nine-month marathon. But if you can look at it in that way, I think it's helpful for clients, again, to have realistic expectations and that we, as their attorney and as themselves, can only control one half of the process to some extent, right? Like right. some ways we know we can maneuver and try to get there, but it, it's it's a process that um, take, sometimes takes time. And I know that is one of the things that we can't talk about enough for clients because I know they're just like, it's like you finally made that decision, right? You're ready, you want it done. Yes, and and hearing you talk about this, just makes me think of the client that wants it done 
and then all of a sudden is willing to give something of considerable value up just to settle. And I, I always, you know, think it's so important that the client understands this timeline so that they are not turning in to that person who, who comes back to the firm a year later and says, I just wanted it done. So I agreed. And now I'm having some real issues. And I, I know looking back, I shouldn't have given up this particular asset or given up spousal support. Um, and, and I shouldn't, you know, I just wanted it done. So um, I love to keep the client in the know because I don't ever want that overwhelming feeling where the client is so emotional that they are giving something up just to have the case finalized and just to have the ink dry on the final judgment um, because it is so important, like you said, treat it as a marathon and really get that most favorable outcome, even if it means some time invested in just to get the process done correctly. I, I, I totally agree. And I think that for, and for particularly women, um, you know, because that's been our focus of practice for so long, I, I, I've certainly heard it more than once. I just, and usually it's maybe we didn't even do their initial divorce, right? And they're like, I just wanted it done. I signed anything. And, right. you know, they just, I get it because they are in the moment. But what the conversation that we certainly try to have with our clients is, but we see, we know where you're going to be three years from now. Like I'm looking at you in three years and I think this is not going to be, you know, satisfactory. So if we can take a pause and truly think about what life will be afterwards, we're so close to the the end that just a little bit more time will be worth, you know, negotiating and we're going to trial in the long run, right? Sure. Because we're looking at this window of maybe a year, year and a half of your life, but there's so much more. And within that time, which can be very difficult. And I, I completely, you know, empathize because when you're in something, it just seems like it's going on forever, you know? But. Absolutely. It is so hard with all of the emotions for the client to really see the big picture in the future. And so during our sessions, I often uh, ask them, we do a lot of visualizing, which doesn't come very naturally to people. But I just say, close your eyes. What do you see in, in a year? And I want to know, you know, tell me, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Tell me, I want to know what this picture looks like. So we spend a lot of time looking at the future because like you said, you are so overwhelmed in this litigation. It really is hard to see the future, the big picture, even if it's six months out. Um, but it's so important that we keep that in our clients' heads and in the attorney's heads too, right? To know exactly what their goals are. Well, and I, I really like that because, you know, we talked at the, at the beginning when we were, when we started the show and you were able to give us that great analogy and difference so we can understand, hey, this is coaching versus counseling. And you're, you are taking what, what they're dealing with presently, but really trying to look to the future and really trying to keep their focus on that future so they can use a little, a little patience, which, you know, that doesn't come naturally to me, of course. So I understand. And, you know, that if you're willing to just hold on a little bit longer, 
then that will become the reality. So I so appreciate uh, what you do, Julie, and how you help women get through this process. And I know you're a great attorney. I do know that. But now you have switched over with this focus, which is really there aren't enough qualified um, divorce coaches because of your legal experience. So that just gives you that added understanding and ability to help women through this process. Absolutely. I know exactly what they're going through um, because we, you know, I've supported clients through every single step of litigation. So having that experience has been super helpful in this for sure. Well, uh, we have reached the end of our show and thank you so much to my guest this week, Julie. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank and you for having me. Absolutely. I'll probably have you back again to go deeper into this divorce coaching. But if you want to find out more about how Julie can help you as a divorce coach and divorce transition and recovery coach, visit her site at mydivorcecoaches.com. And they will also be in the show notes with the link to her site. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Women Winning Divorce. If you or someone you know is looking for answers regarding divorce, reach out to us at floridawomenslawgroup.com and also join the conversation on social at Women Winning Divorce. Women Winning Divorce is the place for an elevated conversation on how women can thrive during times of adversity in order to live their best life. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? <coughs> Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items.